Well, um, I, get to, I get to share with you this morning. It's been a while since I've preached. I think it's been a few months, so I apologize if I'm a bit rusty. Pastor uh, Mike and Sarah, they might be watching online from a farm at the moment. They're at a farm stay getting some much-needed rest, so he asked if I could share with you this morning, and um, it's my great privilege to be able to do that. Um, one of the um, cool things as I've been uh, reading through this letter, First John, um, and looking at the setting of it, which is in F which is modern-day Turkey, um, kind of a fun fact, in two weeks or in one week, our family finally, we get to do our first international trip in um, three years. We're, we're finally going to Norway to see our family over there, which we're super excited for. My kids have a, a countdown on their iPad, which they show me every morning for like the last three months, how many days there is uh, for us to leave. Um, but then when I get over there, about two days later, I'll be jet-lagged after having four kids on a plane for 36 hours. But then I'm going to take off down to Turkey to see some friends. And so it's kind of been neat for me researching and preparing for this morning and thinking a lot of what I'm reading about. I'm actually going to be there in about two weeks' time. Uh, but we're in this uh, uh, five weeks into this uh, message series at the moment called, as I said before, Light and Love, the Letter of First John. So if you missed any of this in the last few weeks, just a little bit of a recap. Um, we believe this letter was written by... By the Apostle John is roughly written in about 90 AD. And so uh, the context of all of this, we believe John is one of the, the last disciples, if not the last disciple left. And he's giving oversight to um, a network of churches in this city called Ephesus. And so what we kind of gather is there is this um, uh, crisis or something had happened and that had prompted John to write this letter to his churches that he was giving oversight to. And so if you look at the, the, this period of time, what you can recognize is 90 AD roughly. And so a lot of those people who had walked with Jesus, the disciples, the people who had sat under Jesus' teachings, um, the, the different ones who had been around during that period, a lot of them had already passed away. And so what you have is these second and third generations of believers. And then you're in this this city called Ephesus, and that's known as a little bit of a melting pot for different religions and, and worldviews. And so some of these religions and worldviews are starting to creep into the Christian church. And some of these second and third generations of believers are being influenced by that, and some of them are starting to question some of the foundational truths of Christianity, and some of them are questioning um, what the apostles were saying. And so what John is doing, he's writing this letter, and essentially what he's saying is, hey guys, keep the course, you're doing okay, keep, keep following the teachings that we've been sharing with you about Jesus We've, throughout this whole letter, we've been hearing a lot about this as different ones have been sharing the last few weeks. You got these like um, contrasting themes of light and dark and love and hate and good and evil. So uh, we're going to jump into it today. We're going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. You can follow along in your Bibles or also be up on the screen behind me. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because there are many false prophets that have gone into the world. 
This is how we can recognize the spirit of truth. The spirit of God, sorry. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is even now already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because greater is the one that is in you than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So quite a lot in there. There's a little bit for us to um, process and unpack this morning. If you wanted to give this uh, message a title, you could call it the spirit of truth and error. Uh, many of you who know me know that I, I just love a great adventure. There's just something inside of me. It might be if I'm camping on an island in the Pacific somewhere or, or kayaking down a river or hiking a mountain, whatever it might be, there's just a craving that I've had for, for probably 20 years where I just love to go on adventures. Um, it'd been a while, especially in the last two years, where I just hadn't done anything wild for some time because of COVID and, and we had another the baby come along and other factors. I, I was just kind of craving to do something adventurous. And then late last year, Stu Greenway, who you might be in the uh, audience this morning, uh, uh, Stu and Bron, who go to our church, offered me the opportunity to do something I had literally dreamt about for, for years the opportunity to sail out to sea for a full week because they wanted to bring their catamaran, which is up in the Whitsunday Islands, back to the Gold Coast in December. Couldn't believe it. It was a big, big yes. I dreamt about this for so long. And so in December last year, so several months ago, I flew up to the Whitsunday Islands with uh, Hayden Whitworth, who also goes to our church. Stu picks us up from the airport. We go down to the Whitsunday Harbor. We hop on the boat, and I, I just can't believe I get to live this life. We unpack, and then Stu says, it's about five o'clock at night. He said, I'm going to pull everyone together. I'm going to give you a safety briefing because tonight, we're actually in about half an hour, we're going to sail, we're going to set out to sea, we're going to leave the Whitsundale Islands, and we're going to head towards the Gold Coast. So he pulls us all around. We all sit down. I've got my notebook out, ready to take every bit of information I can get about this trip. He said, okay, I've got two rules on this boat, just two. The first rule is, don't fall off the boat. For some of you who have been on Stu's boat, Stu and Bron's boat, you'll know what I'm talking about. The first rule, don't fall off the boat. So the second rule, don't forget the first rule. It doesn't happen. You don't fall off the boat. If we're at sea in the middle of the night and you fall off the boat and no one hears you, the chances of surviving aren't good. He said, any other mistake you make is fine because it's not really your mistake, it'll be my mistake because I haven't taught you well enough. Just don't fall off the boat. So as I um, walked down to my cabin to finish unpacking, all I could think about was, I sure hope I don't let him down. 
Over the next week, it was um, just, just an experience of a lifetime as I'll just pepper stew with questions about how to sail and to read all the different control panels and the GPS and the compass and how to set the sails. And Hayden Whitworth, if you, if you know him, he's unbelievable with a spear gun. And so he would be spearing each day and we'd be eating this fresh sashimi off the back of the boat. It was just living life. Um, as we got to the last night, um, we were all pretty tired. We'd been sailing for about eight days and nights at that point. Um, we are about 36 hours away from the Gold Coast, and Stu and Hayden had gone to bed early, and so I'm at the helm sailing, which I wasn't really sailing because I got the auto helm. It's a, it's a fancy boat, so it kind of sails itself. Um, but I'm sitting there. I, it's 7 o'clock at night. It's dark. I've got my coffee in my hand. I've got Enya playing in my headphones. Sail Away, I think, was uh, playing in the background. Life was incredible. We were making awesome time. Um, it was quite windy that night, actually windier than it had been the whole trip. So we, we were kind of flying. I was heading straight towards New Zealand. Um, and there's also the waves were quite a bit larger that night. Um, as, as I'm sitting there enjoying my time, suddenly the alarm on the control panel just starts going off really loud. Now, thankfully, Stu had taught me enough where I knew exactly what was going on, and what had happened is the auto helm had switched off. Then you got this large catamaran. The whole thing just suddenly shifted and swung to the left, and we're just tossing around in the ocean. So I, I quickly jump, and Stu said, if this ever happens, what you got to do is two steps. you got to do this. If that doesn't work, you do this. If that doesn't work, it's broken. So I did the first step, didn't work. Did the second step, didn't work. It was broken. So suddenly I'm at the helm and it's not the auto helm anymore. I've got to figure out how to sail this large boat for the next seven hours essentially by myself in these rather windy conditions and these large seas. And, and to be honest, it was, it was an amazing night. I, I learned a lot in those seven hours. But it's amazing the amount of things when you're in a setting like that, the amount of elements that are constantly, like literally every second, trying to take you off course. The darkness, the wind, the waves, my own fatigue, my own imagination, which you put me in the middle of the ocean at nighttime can just get kind of crazy. Was, was that a whale that just winked at me? <laughs> it was this constant battle of keeping the course monitoring the GPS, adjusting my bearings, watching out for other boats, looking out for shallow reefs. It made me think, first, there's got to be a message that's got to come out of this night. Secondly, how similar can this be in life sometimes, in our own faith journey? The words of John, they were written to a specific group of Christians in Ephesus, yet I believe the words are just as relevant to believers today. In a world of information overload, in literally seconds, we can have access to teachers and pastors and YouTubers and uh, Christian artists and Instagrammers and TikTokers and a variety of other things, and they're influencing our lives. They're in, uh, influencing our children's lives. I, I'm constantly monitoring what is my kids are taking in, that they're influencing our decisions and our worldview. 
And the question I wanted to ask this morning, if you, if you look at all those elements, they are kind of like the winds and the waves in life, so to speak. And how do we know if they're pushing us towards our destination or away from it? Something I was always amazed at while I was on the boat was if you, if you looked at the GPS, it would project a line of the course that you would go on if you were to follow those coordinates. And, and constantly, the, the boat's doing this all the time, is, is pushing you all over the place, and that's what's so helpful for the auto helm until it goes off. But here's the thing. When you go off course on a boat, very easily correctable in the moment, but left uncorrected, it will take you far, far from your destination. Now, I believe the Bible teaches us to you know, generally look for the best in people. I, I believe the Bible teaches us to love and to trust people, but it also warns us. There's some warnings in there to be wise, to be careful, not looking for the worst in people, but it's okay to test the words of people. And this is one of the primary reasons are one of the primary focuses of John's letter. As we've throughout it, he addresses that, that there are deceivers in this world, and there's false prophets, and there's, there's teachers, and there's people of influences in, in all of our worlds that will try to lead us away from God and who, who he is calling us to be. So today what I wanted to do is um, briefly explore what would be Three warning signs. What would be three distractions of the enemy, or in, in John's word, false prophets and, and teachers, that will attempt to take us off course? And if we hear them or if we see them, just like on the GPS, on the control panel with the auto helm, when the alarm went off on that, if we see these other areas in our lives, the alarm bells should be going off because it's time to adjust, it's time to correct. It's time to realign the course in our lives. So you guys ready to jump into it this morning? We're good to go? All right, let's do it. So the first warning sign, false prophets and false teachers, they blur the lines of sin. Now, to define the word prophet here and what I believe John is referring to is a teacher and or messenger. A teacher being someone who faithfully speaks God's word, could be an elder, could be a preacher, a section leader, small group leader, anybody with spiritual influence. A messenger being, through divine inspiration, speaking on behalf of God, generally about the future. And so what John is saying is these false prophets and these false teachers, they will blur the significance of sin. In other words, or in his words, they will speak from the viewpoint of the world. world. The, the scriptures highlight when we dive into them the weight of sin, which if we, if we follow those coordinates, eventually leads to separation from God amongst a whole range of other things. In Isaiah 59.2, it says, but your inequities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. But then the hope is Jesus. And Jesus reveals that the reason he came in the flesh was to bring hope. 
and to bring forgiveness to the sinner. He came for the broken. He came for, for you and I, for, for those who have gone off course, which all of us will find us in that, ourselves in that situation at some point. What I love is when I read the gospel and when I read the scriptures, you, you find these stories of different people saying to Jesus, hey, hey, Jesus, why are you hanging out with those people, the ones that have gone off course? Do you really want to be with them? In which Jesus responds, and we read this in Matthew 19, for the Son of Man, he came to seek and to save the lost, the ones who have gone off course, all of us, not to abandon them. You know what? More and more, and I'm very aware of this at the moment in, in, in just our world in general, more and more we live in this uh, tolerance culture where people are speaking from the viewpoint of the world, which often removes the notion, blurs the line, and brings confusion between what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. And any time we hear someone with spiritual authority or influence saying that, you know, what sin, it can, it can be tolerated or, or it can be ignored or we can, we can sugarcoat it or we can make it to be acceptable, the alarm bells should be ringing. The alarm bells should be going off because it's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that sin this is very real. And very serious thing, and, and it separates us from God. And, and if we allow it into our lives as just a fireball it is, or as, as, as fun as it might be, because let's be honest, it can be fun at times, or even as right as it may seem in the moment, it will lead us down a dangerous path. It, it, it will take us off course in what God is calling us to be and to become. Which takes me to the, the second point of this morning. False prophets and teachers, they distort the gospel, the message of the gospel. In Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is this preacher that I, I followed for probably a whole decade in my 20s. Um, the, the way he could take scripture and unpack it in a way that was just uh, easy to understand because I'm a pretty simple guy, so I love listening to his messages because he'd just take what sometimes would seem complicated and just make it so simple and understandable. And every YouTube video he put out or every podcast or, or, or message he preached, I would just I'd listen to all of it almost every single week. And then a few years ago, he wrote a book which started to question some of the foundational truths about the gospel. It started to um, flirt with the idea that all religions and all beliefs will eventually lead to heaven. And, and to be honest, it started to rock some of my beliefs. One is, is kind of attractive, a lot of what he is writing in this book. Two, I had been listening to him for so long and, and had built this trust in him. And, and, and three, he was just super intelligent. And so as I started reading this book or as I was going through this book and I started to read some of these different ideas and concepts, I was like, huh, this, this, this 
doesn't sound like it's lining up with what I've been reading about Scripture. Um, But here I had this trust in this person, but I felt or I could hear those alarm bells kind of ringing off in the distance. So what I did, I started talking to a few of my mentors and said, hey, have you read this book? What do you think about it? Um, I was listening to other preachers who were also uh, reading the book and they were making um, some uh, comments about it. And as we uh, dived into it more, this book more and more started to flirt with this idea of devaluing um, the consequences and the significance of sin and then also our need for redemption. And very sadly, uh, this, this particular pastor, he ended up um, leaving his church and losing uh, his influence in the Christian community. And I thought this is almost identical to what was happening 2,000 years ago and what John was addressing uh, back there in Ephesus. There were people who were breaking off from the foundational, fundamental teachings of Jesus. Uh, that were non-negotiable. I think the Bible highlights, I think it's really important to understand um, what the Bible highlights about the importance of having fellowship with other believers and the importance of the local church and the importance of having community because it's about, excuse me, it's about spiritual growth, but it's also about accountability. And any time... Anyone who has influence on our, on our spiritual beliefs through their teachings or even a specific prophecy it could be right here in this church. If it doesn't clearly line up with Scripture and it's not confirmed with Scripture, the alarm bells should be ringing. It needs to be tested. Now, I'm not saying let's just go and be a bunch of skeptics here and just be questioning everything. But it's also important that when we hear teachings and when we hear prophecy, it's important that we verify. Uh, The last thought for this morning is false prophets and teachers, they will mislead about who Jesus really is. In 1 John 4, 2, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And by coming in the flesh, what John is saying here and what he is meaning is acknowledging the full reality about what the Bible teaches about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. In 1 John 1.1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands, our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life, that life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and has appeared to us. The reoccurring testimony of the Bible is that Jesus was born of Mary, and Mary was a virgin. In other words, this was supernatural because God became man in human flesh. So when John says to to seek out and to recognize the Spirit, it applies to every teacher, it applies to every prophet, it applies to every person that has anything to say about the reality of who Jesus really is. Any person 
who self-identifies as a Christian because we all know there are other uh, beliefs out there and there's other religions that will say, you know, I, I believe in Jesus also, but his resurrection, you know, that didn't really happen. I mean, it didn't happen physically, literally. That was more of a metaphor. Other religions will say, you know, Jesus, he was a great guy, but he was, he was just a prophet. He wasn't, he wasn't God. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying it's wrong to ask questions, uh, to discuss different ideas about the Bible. We run Alpha. Where we really encourage that at this church where Alpha is a program where we can bring our questions and we can bring our concerns and thoughts and we can, we can have a place where we can wrestle with um, discovering truth. But what John is highlighting here is false prophets and teachers that had gone into the world, and this is where the difference is, they were making truth claims about God, truth claims about Jesus, about the message of the gospel. And there were essentially two messages, one that the apostles supported, and then the other that the apostles didn't support. And so the question we can be asking ourselves this morning is, what is it I believe about Jesus? And does that line up with what the scriptures say? In conclusion, if I could have the, the band come up shortly, in 1 John 4, 4, it says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Uh, the term overcome here is a reference to something that happened in the past with present results. What John is saying to his church is um, there are false teachers out there and there's false prophets and they have shown up on the door with a false message, with a false gospel, with these false views. And the people he's writing to, he's saying, hey guys, hey church, you've got this. He's encouraging them. He's saying, hey, greater is he that is in you than the one who is in the world. And so in this time in history, in Ephesus, you have these different worldviews and these different religions and beliefs that are are rising up and they're they're gaining popularity. And back then, people, they're attempting to dilute and to change and to challenge the Christians. And the Christians, they're responding back. They're responding back to them. And the Christians... They're saying, no, 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 I I think you've actually got this all wrong. The Jesus that John the Apostle and and Paul the Apostle and, and Peter the Apostle talked about that they taught us about right here in Ephesus. And Paul, Paul, he sent us letters about this. And and Timothy, Timothy was our pastor. And they all told us the same consistent story about who Jesus is. That Jesus was born of a virgin and how he died on the cross for our sins and how he rose from the dead. He came back to life. And this reminds us that we are only saved through the loving grace of our Father through faith and not of ourselves. 
they, they would have told them that for decades, for decades, this has been the same consistent story of Jesus that our leaders told us about. So, so now we know what you're saying can't possibly be true. There's a letter that was written to the church in Ephesus, but a reminder to new life, to the church today, who Jesus is, and that with Him, with relationship with Him, walking in fellowship with other believers, being wise with what we listen to and who we are influenced by. We're over, able to overcome the waves and the wind in this world, the things that are trying to take us off course. We're able to keep the course because greater is He than is, that is in us than the one who is in the world. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we just thank you for the hope of the gospel. Lord, we thank you that you came for us, for everyone in this room. Lord, that we may find hope in you because for all of us, there are gonna be times in life where we're gonna go off course. It might be a couple of degrees. It might be a lot more than that. But the hope that we can find is that you're always calling us back. And so, Lord, even right now, I just pray that you might be speaking to different ones in this room that have gone off course. And maybe right now, supernaturally, because we believe you are a God that speaks, supernaturally, you are calling them back to you, the hope that we can find in you. So we just thank you for who you are and what you're doing in all of our lives and that in you, we can overcome the waves and the wind and the temptation and the influences and everything else that's trying to take us off course, that we can follow you, that you can be our compass, that you can be our guiding light. In your name we pray, amen.